0: uh some of you guys noticed my new uh, air jordans i got and uh i uh, got, got a little pump on it and everything um i you, you should have saw the other guy you know and uh, but no no i had a surgery this week and and uh god just really uh uh blessed me a uh, great doctor really smooth procedure everything's gone well uh this is actually my first field trip out of my house so um i, th- I think it'll all go well so so pray for your pastor um but, but here's the thing, is that we're all on a journey. I think about that all the time. We're, we're all on a journey, and, and we're at different places. I look at my three girls, and it's like, man, I love them so much. They're all at different places in life. And so sometimes we like to look and try to say, oh, well, that's really good, or that's really bad. You know what? It's really just all part of the journey, the things that happen in our lives can be used as the Bible says, God can use all of these things to those who love him for good. And so that's, what's important is that we understand through God, he can make this journey complete. And, uh, you know, I was thinking when I was even in the, the, uh, uh, waiting for the surgery, and you—you kind of hear the person next to you and the person next to you. And I was like, "Wow, you know, I'm—I'm I'm in just for this quick thing, in and out. And this person, this major thing going on. And—and and here's the thing, is that God cares about everything, every place that people are at, God cares so much. And and it's not like God looks and says, oh, well, you know, I, I care different about you because of your situation. God, God cares the same for each one of us. And uh, what we've done is uh, in January, we've really started to go through the gospel of John. So there's actually four different accounts of Jesus, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and so they're different perspectives of the life of Jesus, and so when we look at John, we started out, and in the very beginning, it said that that he was the Word. You, You remember, who's the Word? Whenever it has a capital W, who is that? That's Jesus, yeah. And it says that, that, that Jesus is the word. He was from the beginning that he created everything. And so we start to see that about who God is, that, that, that he sent Jesus to become flesh to pay the price for each one of us. He came down to give us hope. And then, then we go on in in the Gospel of John, and we, we learned about John the Baptist, and and, and we saw what, what his role was. And his role was really to prepare the way for Jesus to come. And so we're looking at this account, we're hearing the testimony of John and what happened in his life. Then we go on from, and, and then we start to see uh, people started to follow jesus even disciples that once followed john they're now saying hey wait we're going to follow jesus and we start to see that and once people follow jesus their lives are changed and they're transformed here's the cool thing is that when my life's changed and transformed everyone around me knows about it Because it's like, wait, Rich, is different. Something happened in my life. And so people started to see Jesus at work in people's lives. And then because of what they saw, then started to move in their lives. And they were changed and transformed. We saw the first public miracle. And that was at a wedding. And we saw Jesus show up. And that Jesus really saved this wedding, this family from our own inadequacies. And that's one of the things that Jesus showed, is that the the reality is we're not adequate on our own. We're not good enough on our own. We have something flawed inside of us and that we need something greater than ourselves. And so then we go on from the wedding. We saw Jesus go to his father's house he's headed to the temple and like i said last week i mean they, they made it into like a petting zoo and a casino you know i mean it was it was kind of chaotic and and jesus had to clear the house and say hey guys this is not the way that god has things designed and then last week we looked at at a encounter and we saw an encounter with this guy named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a very well-respected authority figure. He was, he was looked at as basically one of the head people over all the Jews. And so he ended up communicating with Jesus, and he actually came at night. He was like, I really need to talk to Jesus. Let me come at night. Um, and then, and then we ended a little bit with John the Baptist and, and uh, uh, his, his followers saying, hey, uh, what is going on with Jesus? Jesus is becoming more and more popular. I don't, I don't like this. And we've seen people that, that followed you, John, that are now following Jesus. And John says, let me just make it really clear to you is that I'm not the Messiah, that my job is just to make way for Jesus to come. And that's true for each one of us. What you do is valuable and important, but what you do is not to overshadow Jesus. What you do is to point people to Jesus. And so I encourage you if, if, if uh, you haven't uh, heard all the messages, you can go online, you can go to the website, you can end up clicking on, on a link and being able to uh, listen to it. You can set up a, as a podcast. Um, but it's really important, and, and what we've done is kind of a broad stroke. So I want you to know, as we're going through the Gospel of John, it's not really detailed, and, and I'm just sharing big pictures. And what I'm hoping is that you'll get hungry, and you'll say, wait a second, uh, pastor just looked at chapter 3, and this week he's looking at chapter 4. I'm going to look at it this week. I'm going to pull out my Bible, and I'm going to start to read through it. I'm gonna, going to dig a little deeper. And that's really the heart here at Heart of the Canyons is we want to see you grow spiritually. We believe that God gave you a body and and he wants the best for you physically out of it. And he gave you a soul and he wants the best for you spiritually. And, and as those things are in place, it also moves to our emotions and what God has for us. So, so let's go on. If you'd pull out your Bible to John, and uh, let's start in chapter four. You've also got notes, there. You can pull out your notes. You can follow along with me there. We're going to start at verse three, because up to that point, it was just finishing off with uh, uh, Jesus and, and his disciples were baptizing in the same area of John, and then they, they decide to it's time to leave. It's time to move on. So in verse three, it says, so he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria, on the way guys just go ahead and 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 if you can't just underline the word had because that's really important that jesus had to do that and and jesus is heading to galilee and he passes through samaria if you look on a map Boy, that's the straight way to go. You would just end up going straight up. It would be like getting on the five. You know, we just go straight on I-5 and, and we're gonna head there. But but for Jews, they were like, we are not going to go to Samaria. We will we will bypass, we'll take side roads, we'll do whatever it takes to avoid this area. And that was just culture. That's what they did. They would have done anything to completely go around it. And, and why? What, what's the whole thing about Samaria? And, and we also see Jesus does this picture later about the good Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like okay, so why do we keep seeing this? And, and, and what's the unique things about a Samaritan? What, what are the things? And, and really what it was, it was... Uh, um, it was an interracial marriage. And, and in that time, uh, people thought of that as unclean. So if you were a Jew, that you weren't supposed to be with anyone other than a Jew. And so uh, a Samaritan was actually half Jew and half Gentile. And because of that, Jews said, oh, you're totally unclean. I want nothing to do with you. And, and, and Gentiles weren't any more warm and welcoming. They were like, oh, I can't believe that you were with Jews. And so they were kind of pushed to their own. They ended up really coming up with their own Torah, their own belief system. And and it was it was basically a lot like the Jewish belief system, but there were a couple things different. We'll look at those details today. But um, people just really were like, man, you just need to stay away from those Samaritans. And, and, you know, we're, we're a lot more sophisticated, right? And, and we say, oh, I don't see color, you know, I'm, I'm colorblind and stuff. Guys, we see things, right? You know, when you're driving through certain neighborhoods, you're like, wow, this is different than where we, where, where we live, you know? Wow, that's kind of interesting. That guy has a gun. And now, wow, that's kind of interesting. You know, and, and we start to create our own ideas and our thoughts and, 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 and come up. And the reality is we do have things that we think about other people and sometimes we're not maybe even honest with it you know oh no we love those guys oh yeah we'd never want to go over to their house but oh yeah we really care about them no big deal and 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 there's something that's going on and that's that's what we really saw with the jews and 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 the jews weren't bad people they were just like this is just not right and so they had their belief system Samaritans had their belief system and in verse 5 it says eventually He came to the Samaritan village, Jesus. The village of Sychar near the field of Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And so we look at this scripture and historically about how this is is a pretty famous piece of land. And isn't it interesting that Jesus had to go there. And Jesus had to go in the area that people said, oh, Jesus, you, you don't go in this area. You shouldn't be in this part. And so um, it says this uh, going on in the scripture. This is, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. And guys, do me another favor and underline noontime. Noontime, that's a really important thing to understand as we're looking at this scripture. So, so Jesus had to go, and, and what's interesting he knew what his purpose was. He knew what his plan was. He also knew the right time to be there, because isn't it funny? A, a couple of minutes can change everything. I, I'll get ready. I've got to go somewhere, and and I love it. I've got to go to like a Hollywood or somewhere, and and I'll put it in my GPS, and 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 and, it, and it's it's talking to me, and it says, uh, "Your estimated time is." Uh, 33 minutes. And then like within 2 minutes it says estimated time 2 hours and 27 minutes, you know. It's like when the world happened. You know, so timing's really important, right? And so Jesus knew the right time to be there. He knew what was important to be there. And and it's because he has an encounter. He has someone that he needs to meet with. And I want you to understand that last week we looked at an encounter with Nicodemus. And this encounter is very different. And what would be great this week is you start to go through and you're like, what are the key differences? What are the things that are very different about each encounter? Each encounter was very, very important. Each person was very, very valuable, but very different. And so I encourage you to look at that and so if you've got your study guide i want you to go ahead and pull it out because what i want you to write in is that an encounter with jesus when we encounter jesus the very first thing is not always what we expected it's not always what we expected so we have this encounter with jesus it's not always what we thought it was going to be we have our preconceived ideas we have these thoughts this is what it's going to be like well verse seven Soon the Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Okay, guys, here's one thing to help you on your thing, the the difference between the encounters. Um, There's no name for this lady. We don't have a name for her. She's the Samaritan woman. So we've got kind of a generic name for her um she's pretty surprised by this and and for, for a few reasons one of them is that, that she knows this person is a jew she, she doesn't know his name yet she doesn't know who jesus is but she knows this guy's a jew and, and he's coming to me and and, and this guy hates me by nature. I mean, she would just look, she would look in a room, and she'd be like, okay, who are the Jews? Okay, those are people that hate me. Guys, isn't it funny how we can be conditioned by things that have happened in our past, and how it affects how we see things in the future? Uh, Priscilla was taking a friend of hers out, and, and she wanted to do something nice, and she said, hey, I want to take you to this restaurant. And it was just a regular restaurant that probably most of you guys go to on on sunday afterwards and 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 she said let me take you there and uh she said oh priscilla why are you putting me around all those white people they hate me you know and 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 that was her opinion of this restaurant and 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 it was really interesting because then priscilla's laughing and she's like what are you talking about there 's more people like you there than there are people like me there you know and and, and, and but but here 's the thing is that, that she 's been scarred she has been damaged and and when we experience those things in life, we can 't work through it ourselves. We need someone to help us heal and so Jesus comes to help this lady heal it 's absolutely amazing. it says that um, as 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 he's talking to her, she's just blown away because it's like, wait a second, this is Jew guy. He should hate me. It's also at noon. Why in the world I'm the only one that comes out at noon? I'm the only one that's here, and and we're gonna understand later why she was the only person there. And and she's like, right, why, why is this guy here at noon? This doesn't make any sense. It's in in the morning or the evening. It's so much better. It's cooler and it's less dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. And in, in the times to go out in the afternoon like that in the heat alone she's a woman I mean just even that idea of a man coming up to a woman during that time culturally was was kind of like that's something you don't do you don't as, 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 as a man talk to a woman and, and especially with all these other factors that we're talking about. So she's, she's very surprised by what's going on. I think she's probably having a hard time processing it. Then in verse nine, it says that the woman was surprised for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. See, most Jews just they wouldn't interact with them at all because they felt like if I was in contact with them, because they're unclean, that would make me unclean. So, so if, if they actually carried on a conversation and said, hey, could you give me a drink, and can I get your water bottle for a second, that would be something like, because she's unclean, that would make the Jewish person unclean. They'd have to go through all these rituals and everything. And so, so she's really unsure about what's going on, except that she knows that this Isn't planned. She had no idea this wasn't on her radar, this encounter. And then it goes on, and and she said to Jesus, You are a Jew, I am a Samaritan woman, why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replies, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. See, so many times in life, we have our own preconceived ideas of who God is or, or what God can do. And so, so we're very limited in, in, in what God can do. It's just kind of in our own perspective. And we're not even aware when God's moving. So many times we get so caught up in the situation that we don't realize that God wants to do something. And he wants to do something to you and through you. That's exactly what he's doing with the Samaritan woman. She she wasn't signed up and prepared, okay, I'm going to encounter God and this is what he's going to do to me. She's, she's, She's experiencing it. And so the second thing that I want you to write down is that an encounter with Jesus is not always the questions we think that are important. See, so many times we think this is so important. If I get this figured out, we're good. You know, if I, if I get this answer taken care of, if I feel secure about this, and usually we want bumper sticker answers anyway, this quick blanket statement, and, and if I get that, I'm good. Well, as we encounter Jesus, we realize that he starts to move conversations in different places than we ever thought. Why? Because he's God, and he knows what's best for us. So let's look at verse 11. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, Do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And so she's really coming up. I mean, this is her theology. This, and theology is just a big word for saying your belief in God. This is your view of God. And so she's sharing everything about her belief and, and uh, what God has done and how could something ever be greater than this well that was given to their community. Then in verse 13, Jesus replies, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give you will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Verse 15, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come get water See, we see that she's really focused on the literal water, right? You know, just give me the literal water so I never have to come to this place again. I don't ever want to come to this well again. Tell me how I can get to that. See, she doesn't even know anything about living water she's just thinking how is do i get survival water how do i just get by day by day and jesus is saying i want to give you something so much bigger than that i want to give you so much more than that i want to give you hope that you didn't even know that you were looking for i want to give you peace i want to give you love that you've never experienced before and so so jesus explains to her about this. And and even though it seems like that she's completely doesn't get it, what's cool is that Jesus doesn't get mad. Jesus doesn't say, How can you not get these spiritual issues? You know, woman, get away from me. You know, he wasn't like that at all. He's very compassionate, he is very loving towards her. And guys, that's how God is towards us. Sometimes we're afraid to go talk to God because we're afraid he's going to get mad and angry at us. And the reality is God just wants to love and embrace us. And so that's exactly what we see with Jesus as he's compassionate with her. So he talks about living water. He's talking about, it's like fresh springs compared to the mud puddle, compared to just this pool of stagnant water, this, this cistern. And so, so Jesus uses this term that has very deep spiritual significance. And so Jesus, as, as, as he's sharing this, it kind of goes back to the Old Testament that she would understand. And, 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 and he talks about Jeremiah. Go ahead, you can write this on the side, look at it later this week. But Jeremiah 2, verse 13 It says this, it says that my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves crack cisterns that can hold no water at all. It's really powerful when you look at that picture and you're watching people that have turned away from God and God's addressing rebellion and he's addressing the rebellion of saying, God, I'm going to turn from this fresh water you have to the stale water here. What happens with stale water? You know, we start to see the mosquitoes come in, we start to see people get sick, we start to see disease set in, and people start turning from God, and they turn to something else, and they're saying, oh, this is good. This is what I need instead of God. Let me try something to replace him. And I love this picture in Jeremiah because what it actually says is that they're they're really broken. So even best case scenario, let's say it's just stagnant water. It's nothing compared to what God has for us. And that's what the world is chasing. We're chasing these things. And as Jeremiah said, that you want it to at least hold water, but they're broken. They're not even going to hold water. That's not going to help you in tough times. That's not going to help you when you need it the most. That's not going to be there in your life. And Jesus is so patient as he reveals, and he says that you're thirsty. The world is thirsty. We're all thirsty, and I'm the answer. I am the solution to it. And so the third thing that we see as we encounter with Jesus is that it's not always highlighting what we think is beautiful, our conversations are like, oh, let's focus on what's beautiful, what I think is good, what I think is nice. Guys, let's just think happy thoughts, you know. Jesus comes, and, 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 and as we encounter him, he's very, very honest. He's very truthful. It's because he loves us too much to lie to us. He loves us too much to, to not share with us the hope of what could be and so Jesus knows the exact struggles that the lady's going into. It, it, it's kind of funny when, when, when you date uh, someone, uh, a couple today, they, they said, hey, you know, we're dating. And it's like, congratulations. And, and, and there's funny things that happen when you date, because when you date, it's usually your best foot forward. You know, like, okay, so let me, you know, uh, I'm going to get up early now, I'm going to start exercising, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to not pass gas anymore, and I'm going to, you know, all of these things, you know, I mean, we're about ready to blow up, you know, and, and it's like, oh, I've got to look good, you know, I've got to make this person think the absolute best about me but there's a point where you take that deep breath and you say, okay, let's just be honest about what's going on and that's, that's what Jesus does and that's what Jesus wants to do with each one of us. He says, let's just be honest. Quit trying to look your best. Quit trying to pretend to be something that you're not because I already know what it is. And so I love this picture. Verse 16, he says, go get your husband. She told her and then, and, and then this is her response. She says, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke truth. See, what's interesting when I, I read that, and I, you get really clear and you start to look at it, you're like, wait a second, Jesus could have handled this two other ways. And one way that Jesus could have handled it would have been like, Lady, you know, you're the tramp. You know, you're, you're no good. You know, everybody knows about you and, and your neighborhood. And that's, that's why you're here by yourself is that everybody knows about you and, and, and the choices that you've made and the people that you've been with. And, 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 and you're stuck in this mess because of your choices. Well, um, to be honest, those are all true statements that I said. But you notice Jesus didn't talk to her that way. Um, I, I meet people all the time that say, Rich, you know, I just tell the truth. And, and, and I think really that's code word for you have no filter. You, 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 you have no tact and you have no grace. And so, so people will rip people up. I don't know if you've experienced it, but I know I have when someone left me just chopped up on the floor and they say, ha, huh, that's exactly who you are oh my gosh, does that really encourage you? And you're like, boy, I want to be a better person now. I want to be around this person. No, not at all. So it's interesting that Jesus didn't do that. And, and Jesus also didn't go the other side of saying, huh, well, let's see. She's sinful. She's made a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know what? I don't want to say anything to her because I don't want to rock the boat. I don't, I don't want to cause any tension in our relationship. I don't want to cause any, any, any frustration. So I'm just going to completely ignore it and act like it doesn't happen. And we'll just move on and we'll whistle a nice song and just never talk about it. No, no. Jesus ended up saying, "I love you so much. I just have to be honest." Okay, that, that's great. You're you're being honest with me, and that that's true because I already know your situation, and I know what's going on, and I know why you're here at noon is because of all those women that that make fun of you and talk behind your back and and say hurtful things and and you do anything to avoid them and those men that have used you and abused you and and they laugh and snicker as you walk around. uh, You know, I, I get all of that. I understand why you're here. See, she's got a lot of issues, she's got problems but the best way to deal with your problems is to be honest with them. And say this is my problem this is what i'm dealing with and she was able to connect with jesus she was able to respond to jesus and 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 i think what's interesting and and this is a big takeaway for me is that sometimes i want to enable people or help people kind of in that twisted codependent relationship when somebody has a problem I want to step in and try to fix it. You guys know anything about that? You know, you'll end up saying, oh, wait a second. Uh, Oh, you're talking to my son? Oh, yeah, Tommy's totally fine, okay? That girl, no, no, no. She just sleeps on the couch over at the house. And you know what, Tommy? Tommy, no, he just, he really has a lot of bad bosses. That's why he's had nine jobs in the last week. You know, and and we're trying to jump in and save and rescue the person, right? Does that help? it really doesn't help. What's really important is that Johnny ends up understanding where he's really at, and he can start to look at it and be like, what do I need to do? Well, guys, that's what we need to all do, is to be honest where we're at, but most of all, we need to be honest before God and say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what's going on in my life, And, and Jesus is kind. Jesus is patient. He's the one person That 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 is there for you. That have you ever had a friend and 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 you love them so much, but they said something in the midst of all your pain and struggle, and you yelled, and they walked away, and you haven't talked to them. Have you ever had that situation where you you said something and it hurts the other person, and they're gone? Guys, the greatest thing is that the Creator and Master of the universe, Jesus, is not insecure that even when you don't say things right, Jesus says, I'm still sticking around. I'm still gonna be here for you. So in verse 19, it says, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship? While we Sumerians claim that, that Mount Jerusalem, where our ancestors worshiped. So what's really interesting is that jesus is really getting to the heart of where she's at he's really dealing with who she is and then what's funny is she turns it to a spiritual conversation a couple of things i think she probably does really want to know the answers i think she thinks oh if i know the answers this is going to show you know i tried so hard with my body to have approval i've really tried to have so hard with my mind to have approval by people that people would think that i'm a good person but if I get the spiritual answer, maybe people will, will, will finally find value in me. I think that's true. But, but I think that she also was like, this is too close to home and we better deal with something else. And, and, and for some of you, you've experienced that somebody starts to ask you something and then you'll go, well, what about this? You know, what does God think about this? What about that? What about divorce? What about homosexuality? What about blah, blah, blah? We have these issues that we do. And a lot of times when people talk to me, I mean, they'll come up to me and they'll be like, oh, you're a pastor and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So you hate people, right? That, that's what Christians do. And they're, they're bigots and they're, you know, and, uh, well, yeah, exactly. That's who I am. No, you know, I mean, I, I'm, 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 just, I'm just like, I, I realize what they're doing is they're trying to push me away. And, and, and what's interesting is we see Jesus and he's like, you're not going to push me away. You know what? I, I understand this spiritual question. Let me give you the answer to that. But it's so much deeper. And so uh, she, she's, she, she's asking this question and she's saying, okay, give me this spiritual depth. And so the fourth thing that I want you to write in is that when we have an encounter with Jesus, it's about the true heart of the issue. See, Jesus isn't going to mess around with these side things. He's not going to play games. He wants to deal with what's really going on in your life. He loves you so much. It would be like a doctor watching you bleed to death and then, and then saying, well, maybe we'll just put a Band-Aid on it. You know, Jesus is like, no, this is, this is surgery and you need it now. We've got to deal with the things that are most important in, in, in your life. And so so here's what we see in verse 21. Jesus replies, he says, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on the mountains or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is now here When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. That's what God's looking for. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ, when He comes... He will explain everything to us. Jesus is so straight. And, and this really is a sharp woman that's been belittled and pushed down her whole life. And she says, I know that God has not given up on me and that there's going to be a solution. And then Jesus says in, in verse 26, I am the Messiah. I'm what you've been looking for Guys that's true for us that's true for everyone that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is really what we've all been looking for. You know we can get caught up in these these uh, arguments about well how should church be? Should we worship on this day or that day? Should we should we do this type of music or not? Should we have fog machines or not? Should we do, you know? I mean, we have all these different things that we argue about, right? You know, should it be a man pastor? Should it be a woman pastor? Or should it be, you know? And 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 it's like what, what happens is we get distracted from the Messiah. We get distracted from what's most important. You know, And and, and like I told you to take time this week to compare the difference. Between the encounter with Nicodemus and the encounter with the Samaritan woman, there are so many unique differences of how Jesus spoke to them. But, but what I love about this woman is she's very hungry to accept. She's like, do you have hope? I want to take it. Do you have something that will make life better than it is right now? I will take it. She's very passionate about that and what we have to understand is that that are you really hungry are you really passionate to take what Jesus has because we look last week Nicodemus we believe made a decision but it was a progressive journey that was his his steps that he took but with this lady she was like you know what can Jesus make life better than it was two hours ago if he can I'll take it if he can make life better I will follow him and I will do whatever it takes. And so, so this comes to my favorite part of the story because she's now encountered the hope that she's, she never even thought was possible. She's encountered peace. She's like, wow, this guy loves me and he cares about me. And I want you to write in this fifth point is that as we encounter, have an encounter with Jesus, it's about telling others about him. See, she gets so excited. She gets so excited because Jesus knew what no one else could say about me. He, he, he knows all of these things, and he's stuck around. He loves me. He cares for me. This Jesus is the real deal. It's what we've all been looking for. And so she realizes, I have to tell everyone. Verse 27, it says, Then, then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerves to ask, what, what, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? See, the disciples are surprised. They're coming back. They've got Jack in the box, and they're ready to say, hey, Jesus, here's some food. We're going to talk. And they're like, this is a situation. I don't understand what's going on, but uh, we're just going to be quiet right now. We're kind of looking around. And as this is going on, the Samaritan woman is like, it's time for me to do something. So Jesus touched and changed her life but she didn't stay there. She was like, I've got to go down and tell everyone. Isn't it funny that two hours ago, she would have done everything in her power to not talk to anyone in that community? She felt so devalued. She felt like her life was worthless, and all these people would do is make her feel more and more worthless. But because she encountered Jesus, she said, I'm going to grab everyone. I'm going to make sure everyone hears about what Jesus has done in my life. And here's the thing, sometimes we're worried about what other people will say. They'll they'll say, "Well, I don't believe that. I believe this and I believe that." And you know, and they're really smart people and they've got little, you know plaques and saying how smart they are, you know. But here's the reality is that Jesus changed and transformed her life. And 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 someone could say, "Oh, I don't like your story." And she'd be like, I'm not asking. It's my story. This is what's changed and transformed my life, and that's true for each one of us. If Jesus has changed your life, he wants you to share that with other people. He wants you to share that hope with other people because see everybody else is instead of getting fresh water, they're drinking from death. And 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 Jesus comes to give us life now and for eternity. It's not just like a get out of hell card. It's not like, okay, if I jump through all the hoops, I got the card, now I get to heaven. I say, okay, here I go, okay. But for the rest of my life, I just fight and struggle to get by. Jesus says, no, I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna change your life. I'm gonna transform who you are from the inside out. And, and, and in the, the end of the passage, uh, 39, and we're gonna look all the way to 42, it says, many Samaritans from the village believed in jesus because the woman had said he told me everything i ever did when they came out to see him they begged him to stay in the village jesus stayed two days longer than what they planned see see everyone else wanted to dodge around they didn't want anything to do with these people and jesus said man i'm gonna meet them right where they're at i'm gonna go right in i'm gonna stay the night It says, long enough for more to hear the message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard for ourselves. Now we know that he indeed is the savior of the world. I want you to understand that Jesus is the savior of the world. Guys, we look to so many other things. You know, Jesus is good, but I'll also get a little of this. I mean, that's like, I'll get a little of something healthy and I'll get a little bit of death. Jesus says, no. No, I love you too much. You've got to get away from that water. You've got to get away from everything and come to me. And through that, that's where we have life. That's where we have life physically. Guys, these bodies that we're in, these are just shells. Guys, eventually they're just, they're, they're, they're going to fall off. God has promised us new bodies. Guys, some of those pains and aches, those feelings, guys, that's going to change because of what God has in store for us. Your mind, the way that you see things, the way that you think about things, the way you deal with things, God wants to give you a new mind. He wants to give you a new spirit. But just as we saw Nicodemus and we saw the Samaritan woman, the Samaritan woman said, I want it. And Jesus said, I'm here. Guys, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are so good. You are so awesome. God, I thank you so much as we look at your word today. God, that that as, as you spoke to the Samaritan woman, you're speaking to us. God, that you have a plan for each one of us. God, that it's not based about our past. It's not based about our education. It's not about our skin color. It's not about anything that that we've done or accomplished or we were heirs to. But God, you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you love us and you want to restore us. God, we want to come to you today and be open where we're at. God, we want to be open with our struggles with you. God, we want to give those to you. You're not going to turn your back, that you will continue to love us. Your word says that as we choose to follow you, you will never leave us or forsake us. If that's you today, that you're like, I need to turn my life to Jesus. I need to get my life right with Jesus. I've been drinking from that other water. I've been drinking from other things. I've been trying to find fulfillment. I've been trying to find hope in people's opinions and and success. And I've been trying to find it in all these things except in Jesus. And I want to turn to Jesus. I want you to know right now as your eyes are closed, I want you to just imagine two huge arms that are there for you, wanting to embrace you right where you're at. It's not about being all cleaned up. It's not being all fixed with a plan. Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. And he says, I love you and I want to embrace you. I want to hold you now and for eternity. When you take that last breath, my hand will be there holding you into eternity. And if that's you today, you know, and for some of you, you may have said, you know, I I went to a church. I... I, I did confirmation. i tried to be a good person. I, I, I've, I've said a prayer. But I know I need to turn to him. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to get that right. With, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you at all. But I want to agree with you. If, if God's speaking to you and you say, today's the day to get my life right. I'm choosing today to follow him. With, it, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just look up at me? I'm going to look up right now. It, is that you? Is today today day to get your life right with God? Because I want to just be able to pray for you this week. I want you to know that your life matters. The choices you make, the decisions you make. God cares so deeply about you. He doesn't want you to be alone. And for others of us today, we realize our need for you but also our need to follow you and that as we leave today what are those areas that we've been avoiding who are those people that we've been avoiding maybe there are our kids maybe there are our parents maybe they're old friends that god's telling you you got to give them hope you got to point them to truth their lives matter And I've given you hope so you can be a conduit to share that with others. God, I ask that you would be with each one of us to be a light. In Jesus' name, amen.